She was saying, why are you into all this liturgy stuff? Finally, she said, oh, oh, oh. so basically you just want to serve a well-balanced meal every Sunday. And I was like, that's exactly right. If you eat the same thing every meal, you're not going to be as healthy as you could. Hey, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to enhance your worship sound, but most of all, help you sound like you. I'm here with my co-host, Derek. Hey, Matt. Derek, let's take a trip down memory lane. Let's think back to what was church like for you when you were 10 years old versus what it's like for you now in your mid-20s. Yeah. Uh, Church for me when I was 10 was... um, something I had to do, first of all. We always went to church. Um, sometimes I would hope we would oversleep the alarm, but no. Did always. you guys have to dress up? Um, not dress up. We had to look better than normal, but not like really dressy. It wasn't a dressy church, but it was Sunday best, but not formal. Yeah. But we always went, and I always enjoyed it. I liked it. I believed it, which was great. And I really enjoyed the music a lot. My church had a full band, so I loved watching them lead worship and everything and then i would kind of zone out during the message and then we'd sing one more song and then we'd go out to lunch playing games on the bulletin during the message yeah drawing on the bulletin for sure i would always read the entire bulletin to try to pass the time (laughs) Um, right yeah that was kind of at 10 years old and now being 24 just moving into adulthood when church no longer was a requirement it was up to me if i wanted to go right um but that actually i think made it better like i got to decide that i want to go and i want to be there and now church has become so much more of me going to connect with god and going to just further my relationship with him and i don't just care about the music i listen to the sermons i love the sermons um a lot more you're there for the meet and greet (laughs) right (laughs) right the meet and greet yeah um no but but it's all of it right yeah it's all of it it's great and it's start to finish, um, and church is so important, and it's something I look forward to, and it's something I get a lot out of, and helps me grow a lot. And you serve now, too. And yeah, serving now. I don't just go and show up. Um, yeah, serve in the church, and right. that's awesome. What was it like for you when you yeah, were... I think I have a very similar experience. Younger. Yeah. You know, I mean, I grew up in a church my whole life. My dad was a pastor, and I, but I do think that when I think back to when I was, you know, a teenager, mm-hmm. 10 years old music was everything like as a musician too like the only part of the service that i really cared about was the music like the worship part of it and i do find that as i've gotten older i've always wanted authenticity even in the worship right but now there's a kind of broader authenticity and a deepening that i'm wanting and i'm finding that like you know the messages are way more important to me now than the music is even yeah and what does the Bible actually say about worship? And, and even like all the spiritual practices of like communion and prayer and going deeper in those areas, I think for me are becoming more and more important. Yeah, um, it's I mean, all I, worship. Yeah, exactly. I think an interesting thing is that like, you know, we both like messages now, the sermons. Right. And you know, we think back to when you were 10 years old. Can you think of one sermon? Can you remember one sermon from when you were 10? I don't think so. I don't think I can. <laughs> but I bet you could remember a song. 
Yes. There are songs I remember that I was singing at 10 years old and younger. Right. Um, You remember songs you learned in Sunday school at like four years old. Totally. That is interesting. I know. I remember like, Lord, I lift your name on high. Yes. uh, History Maker was a big one in our youth group when I was like 14. Yeah. Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble? Yeah. So yeah, it is interesting because like, even like two years ago, I don't even know if I remember a sermon from two years ago. I remember ideas of sermons and kind of like what the topics were on. Right. But I can't tell you everything that was taught and what I learned from it. So So music does kind of have a a special way of planting truth inside of, you know, our hearts. And I remember even my dad used to always put scripture to songs Mm -hmm. to help memorize scripture because you kind of, it's just an easy way to memorize things. And um, I think that's what's actually cool about this interview that I've got with Aaron. You know, Aaron has taken scripture, he's taking prayer, liturgy, and combining it with music and making this whole experience that I think is a really great way to kind of root these truths and this authenticity down yeah. know, deep in our souls. And so I think it's kind of cool that he's kind of combined all that together. And uh, I thought I was, I loved my interview with Aaron. I could have kept talking to him for a couple hours. For sure. But um, I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Here's my interview with Aaron Nikost. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. It's good to have you here. Yeah, great to be here. Man, you and I uh, go back quite a way as far as... About a hu- hundred years, I think. About a hundred years. Yeah, I think something like that. We were we were uh, both on staff at Willow Creek for a, for a brief minute as far as overlapping. What years was that? I was there 2008, 2009. Okay, yep. So I think you had just come in when I was rolling out. Just came. Wait. Did you leave because of me? Was that personal or was it unrelated? Oh, I was really hoping you weren't going to ask that. <laughs> no, I yep. was very sad to leave once you came. But man, it's uh, it's good to be able to connect. And you've got so much cool stuff going on in the worship world, in music, and then also in writing. And I just feel like there's so much that worship leaders could learn just from... I mean, when I've just spent short time around you, talking with you, I feel like you're just like a wealth of knowledge. And mm. you've really encouraged me as a worship leader. I know that last time I saw you, we were at Blackberry Farm and you were like, yeah. what, what's feeding your soul or what, what's impacting you right now? And you recommended this book by Richard Rohr. Come on. Everything Belongs. And I had never heard of Richard Rohr. Oh, yes. And bro, that book. It's life-changing. Yeah. I ordered it right away and I, I read it nonstop. It was yeah. so packed full of good stuff. So wow, thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Yep. But keep going too. There's a number of his that are like life changing is such a cliche. No, no, no. Actually life changing. Falling upward. So, I went to that one next. Falling upward. Yep. Absolutely. Very so, cool. So Aaron, can you just uh let everybody know who's listening to the podcast just a little bit about your music background? Like how did you get started okay. as a worship leader? Yeah. Um, well, when I was 16, I started leading the singing for the fourth and fifth graders at my church. So that was the the beginning. Yeah. The Awana program. Did you grow up in? Oh a, yeah. I went. A, I was in Awana. No way. All right. Should we start singing some of the songs or let's just? <laughs> but so I started there when I was sixteen, and then went to college and was a music theory and composition major, which is um, highly marketable when you graduate. Right. But honestly, I loved it. I still love it. I loved theory classes. I loved uh, composition and arranging and all that kind of stuff. So when I graduated, I became the worship leader at the high school ministry at Willow Creek. 
Yeah, was it called and Impact at the time? Impact, yeah. And it had just made a huge change where, yeah, there was a, it was a big uh, change season and I, I got to be a part of that. And it was a really exciting, really tumultuous, fun, weird, disillusioning, wonderful. So it was there for five years. And then that's where I met Rob Bell uh, when he was speaking at Willow uh, one of those weeks and I was leading. And uh, he said, hey, our worship leaders moving to Jerusalem or something crazy like that. Uh, you got, you want to come up? And so my new wife at the time, we had just married, Shauna, um, we moved to Grand Rapids and uh, was the worship leader at Mars Hill for a number of those years. And then in 2009, came back to Willow as one of the worship leaders on the weekend service. So, yep. And that's the, when, that's when I met version. you. Yeah. Right. That's when I scared you out of town. Right. Yeah. And then everybody, every worship leader's wife who's probably listening to this definitely knows who your wife is <laughs> and her books and just such yep. a huge, huge influence. That's awesome, man. So can I say one thing about that? Yeah. Uh, in the last year, whenever I travel and like lead worship somewhere or whatever, afterwards, there'll be like a line of people who want to talk to me. And I'm like, whoa, wow, that must have really connected that. Wow, this is really great. <laughs> and person after person, it's like, hey, can you tell Shauna? <laughs> hey, are you Shauna? you know which is great because i'm i'm really proud of of her and the great work she's doing so that's so awesome man i know my wife has been very very blessed uh, through shauna's books and yeah and soon aaron's books ah yes that's true we're gonna get into that though but i remember when i was like early on when i was at willow you had started a thing called a new liturgy Mm. and it was something really fresh that i had never heard of even the concept of because i grew up in very like just non-denominational churches. And my dad was a church planner. And so I grew up in vineyard music. Yep. I didn't yep. grow up with liturgy at all. Like I honestly yep. didn't even know really what it was. Yeah. Can you just explain a little bit about what a new liturgy is and where that came sure. from? Sure. Um, yeah. Look, I grew up the same way, kind of modern and not liturgical. And in fact, very suspicious to anything that felt old and anything that felt Catholic. Yeah. I mean, that was just like, we stayed as far away. Um, well, can I take like two minutes totally. and tell a story? Okay. Just to back up a little bit, as a worship leader, a few years out of college, my faith like imploded. I had a I had a real like kind of losing faith experience. And it was very awkward because I was a professional worship leader leading songs I didn't think I believed anymore. In fact, no, I knew I didn't believe anymore. And it was um the real long the real short version of the long story is a friend gave me The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. And it was the first time I'd ever heard about the kingdom. And so suddenly it was like, wait, 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 the story's bigger than say this prayer and 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 try not to sin? Like that the story's bigger and more beautiful. And so when I went to Mars Hill, that was the the message we were talking about. The kingdom of God, joining God in what God is doing to redeem and restore all things. And so I show up and I'm all excited. This is changing my life. This is opening up new things in my faith. I, I want to be a Christian again, this whole thing. But what I realized as a worship leader, I only had one tool. That was four pop songs and a hymn. Hmm. That's all I had in my toolbox. And to be clear, that's a really great tool. I still do, still love pop songs in worship, still love hymns, still love to sing. So it wasn't a bad tool, but I just realized it was only one. And as we kind of waded in, I realized that format 
could not capture the width and the height and the depth of this kind of kingdom um, uh, theology and invitation. So uh, we, you know, my partner at the time, Troy Hatfield, uh, who's still the worship leader at Mars, we started experimenting. All right, how do we move beyond just singing? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one little example is at that time we were singing Better As One Day, the Matt Redman song. Remember that one? Yeah, totally. Um, a lot. And so we said, well, let's this Sunday, instead of just singing it, let's read all of, is it Psalm 84, I think, that the song is written out of? I think so, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's read the entire psalm and the band will just start playing quietly. And then after we've kind of soaked ourselves in the psalm, we'll sing, how lovely is... And we started realizing, like, anytime we'd move beyond singing, it just opened something up. And none of us were liturgical or, you know, whatever. And so that was kind of my introduction into, like, maybe singing is great, but we also need to move into some other practices that singing alone can't capture. And so that brings us all the way up to your question. I was on a run after work. I had one of those terrible days at work. Really dis. I was really disillusioned. I was really sad. I, I didn't know what to do. So I went for a run, and I was trying to pray and just, you know. And so finally, I flipped open my iPhone and just tried to find some worship music or something. And I realized it was all like triumphant anthems. Yeah, right. And I'm like, I don't need a pep rally right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need to be pastored. And so then I started thinking back to all the things we were learning at Mars Hill and, and exploring and thought, well, what if instead of uh, an album of five songs, what if we just said, we're going to do a 25-minute journey that has songs and scripture readings and space and poems and um, all these different things. So that is the very long <laughs> journey that got from uh, worship leading to this new liturgy project. So we've done six of them already. And I actually have two in process right now, so. Wow. And what's the process like to actually create those, to write them? Are you pulling yeah. from hymnals? Are you writing All like... of the above. Okay. All of the above. Some of it's original. Some of it is hundreds of years old. Um, I usually start, and frankly, it's exactly how I start when like preparing a worship set. I usually say, what is the journey we want to go on with God and with each other today. And that was a big uh, question we shifted at Mars Hill. We started saying, all right, what five songs are we gonna sing today? And we said, that is a really limiting question, you know? Um, And so we changed it to what 25 minute journey are we gonna go on today? So, uh, you know, for example, one of the the liturgies is, um, the first one is God is love. And I thought, all right, we want to ex- immerse ourselves in the love of God, both in the scriptures and in music. But then we also want to name the ways we have fallen short of uh, kind of joining that love mm-hmm. and have a moment of confession and then mapped yeah. out the arc of that experience. And then it started saying, all right, what song do we use? What hymn do we use? What space? Where do we want to just give people some space to pray? And so, Right. So yeah. that's what oh. your worship set would look like. It's not just... yeah just songs, but it's mixed together with scripture and yeah, prayer. and Absolutely. And one of the things we realized is, at least in our context, 
if it's just song, 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 again, I am not anti, I'm a musician. I love music. I love singing. Right. I love inviting people to sing. But when it's just song after song, it's very easy for people in the community, but also for us on stage to go into autopilot. Mm-hmm. Um, like we call it a worship set. Like it's a gig or something, right. you know, like, and so, all right, this song and this song. And, yep. and so we realize that any time we invite people to step out of autopilot sing mode and consider, think about this before we sing this, or what yeah. about this or this verse, or can I tell you one example of that? Absolutely. Um, when I, when I came back to Willow, this is probably 09 or maybe 2010, we were singing Hosanna a lot, uh, the Hillsong Hosanna? Yeah, yeah, the Hillsong. Hosanna, Hosanna. Yeah. And it has that great bridge. Heal my heart and make it clean. One of my favorites. Absolutely. And so we had sung it so many times. And I was thinking, that's kind of the biggest, loudest part of the song. I wonder how often we stop and consider the depth of these words that we're singing. And so we we sang first verse, one chorus, two chorus. And then we sang the big chorus. And I said, you know what? We're going to sing these words again. I think they're so powerful. But before we do... Let's just take a minute and look at each line. So we put heal my heart and make it clean up on the on the screen. And just we had one reflection question for each one. In what way does your heart and life need to be cleansed right now? Just gave like 15 seconds. The band is vamping. It's very like cigarose, like right. just kind of And all right, all right, next line. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. In what way do you and and invited us all to kind of connect those those words to prayers in our own life and then we got to the end and said all right now stand back up let's sing this again and it was thunderous always looking for ways to get out of sing mode and get into connect with god through songs mode does that resonate oh it's it resonates big time oh Um, good like big time. I, uh, I've been leading worship for a long time and I also have really struggled with like, okay, I can play through these songs. I can play through a set, but how am I actually leading these people? Like, how am I actually intentionally leading these people so that we're really thinking about what we're saying? Cause it can be so easy to just like sing like it's a Disney sing along with the lyrics totally. on the screen. Yeah. The only thing yeah. we're missing is a bouncing ball, you know? <laughs> and I do think that it's just so good for worship leaders to be reminded that like we're, we need to be like leading and like like actually leading and coaching people through these songs and what are we saying yep. and yep. I um it's something that I've struggled with too with even running loop community because we're what we're doing with loops and tracks is everything is very programmed <laughs> you know like right. it's kind of play right. through the song as this track is set yep. which is why we've been trying to like develop new ways to like how do we use tracks but still be able to have that spontaneity sure still be able to just pause and breathe and yep say something and reflect you know yep and i don't think those things are necessarily mutually exclusive right i think there's a way to use loops and tracks and all sorts of things right and that's where technology has to step it up yeah to be able to let you do that yeah i i had a friend i was trying to explain how we were you know especially when we when we're moving into more liturgical ways everything's planned out the songs the readings and i was explaining to a friend how we're we're intentionally carving out space that's not planned in the plan. Right. <laughs> and he says, so basically, what did he say? Structured moments of spontaneity. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought there was something really beautiful about that. Um, and so even when we've done some things with tracks, um, we always have the moments where they where where we're going to move on to the next thing. And that's the moment to say, hey, I don't know what you need to say to God right now. I'm just going to play the piano for a minute. And maybe you need to pray for your brother or maybe you need to um, confess this, something or, you know, just to intentionally create those spaces, which, which um, you have to plan for, especially in evangelical churches that are really timed out, you know, right. at Willow, it's like, all right, right, you guys have 21 minutes, not 22. Right. And so, you know, I'd be like, all right, we're going to plan about 17 minutes. And then I'm going to have two moments of two minutes of space. And if it doesn't, if it feels weird, we just skip it and get done a little early. No one's mad. We're done yeah, a little right. early. Um, but you have to plan it. Yeah. Put in a blank slot on the planning center plan. That's like a minute. Absolutely. To pray or to just be yeah. present. Just be present. Yep. And in our experience, when we started introducing those, especially at Willow, which, you know, to a community that's used to such structure, um, we learned it was really helpful for me to be really clear. So for the next 30 seconds, as Izzy plays the guitar here, yep. would you just say thank you to God for one thing in your life? And then just 30 seconds, and then we move into a song of gratitude. And so, but as we would start doing that, after months of occasionally dropping those in, and suddenly it was like, hey, I don't know what you need to say. Take the next minute. And, you know, people grow in comfort and those those skills right so, oh, yeah. this is so important this is oh, really cool. good because i do think that it just seems to me like in the worship culture today and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit but that it has gotten so programmed like yeah. even more so like i've been i've been leading worship for 15 years and i feel like even over those 15 years i've seen it become more and more structured when i was growing up in church you know in the vineyard we would just worship for like an hour right you know and people are like writing us letters. My dad was a pastor. People would write letters, but like the church let out an hour late today, wow. you know, like, but we just like wanted to worship yep. and chill. But you know, now it's like, you've got, you know, 20 minutes. Oh yeah, done. It's, a, it's a different culture. Yeah. And those 20 minutes are important. So how you use them, this is really good stuff because I don't think you have to worship for an hour to accomplish this stuff. Yeah. Agreed. Looptimus is the best USB MIDI foot controller for live performance. Designed for musicians who want hands-free control of their music software and hardware. Looptimus is plug-and-play and works seamlessly with Ableton Live, Mainstage, Logic, or any other MIDI-capable application. Send MIDI notes to control music software, or send program changes to select presets on guitar pedals and keyboards. Looptimus is the ultimate foot controller for live performance. Now available at looptimus.com. So tell us a little bit about um, the practice. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, more and more at Willow, um, this is 09 to 13, right in there. Um, I was trying to bring more of these practices into the worship uh, experience on the weekend service. And so, you know, that's, <laughs> I probably pushed a little too hard, a little too fast. Um, nothing is less contemplative and practice-based than the Willow Creek weekend service. Right, so I, I understand right. that. Um, 
So, but there were some ways where it was really moving and some people really connected, some didn't. It was, it was, it was pretty mixed. And at a certain point I had a conversation with our senior pastor, Bill Hybels, and he just said, I was explaining all these things about, we're going to teach practices. We're going to move in these way, you know, and he was kind. And he just said, listen, we're never going to do all this stuff that you want to do. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not what our weekend services are for. Right. And he said, but then he really surprised me. He said, but we know people need them. Hmm. We know people need to learn this stuff. And he said, so would you consider pulling together a team and creating uh, some sort of alternative uh, gathering and worship gathering? And so that became the practice, which we met on most Sunday nights in the chapel. And uh, we set it up in the round, put the communion table at the center of the room. And um, we, we just said, all right, our question is, what are the things that we can do when we gather together that help us not just believe Jesus' words, but actually put Jesus' words into practice? So that was kind of our goal. So everything was through that. Yeah. What do we do to kind of form um, ourselves and our community into Christ-likeness in tangible ways? And so that was, uh, I was a part of that for, for four years and it was, it was for the most moving, uh, ministry years I've ever had in my life. And we didn't know what we were doing and we made tons of mistakes and we tried stuff and uh, it was a really exciting season. And I have mad respect for Bill Hybels for just like being open to that kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. like, Hey, there is yeah. a need. So let's, yeah. let's try to meet it. He could have easily just shut it down, right? Like, stop doing that dumb old stuff, you know. Right. And he didn't, but he named what Willow was, mm-hmm. which is not that stuff, right? But then also blessed us. It was it was, it was cool. That's pretty cool. Great. So, did you see? Did you guys model that after something else that you've seen? Or and second part to that question is, after you guys started the practice, did you kind of start seeing other places adopt that? Yeah. Uh, first question, yeah, did we see it somewhere else? In some ways, no. We didn't We didn't have a specific model. But in other ways, absolutely, like every church for the last 2,000 years, like we're, <laughs> we're trying to learn, like, what are the shared practices that we have lost? And so I was looking at the, the, um, the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. And then I was meeting with my Catholic friends and say, well, teach, I mean, teach me about the different, um, the liturgy of the word, the liturgy of the Eucharist, like what, and, and kept finding all these things that overlapped. And one of them was confession and an assurance. All these major streams have a confession, a moment of confession and a moment of assurance every time the church gathers. And for me as an evangelical, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever done that. And so we were just trying to learn from all these different traditions. And uh, that, was a, that was a fun experience. The second question, did people start doing that? We were shocked by the amount of people who, um, who said, hey, we have been desperate to move into some deeper streams and we haven't known how. And, you know, most of them weren't saying, you guys are doing it perfectly, so we're going to do that. But they were saying, like, thanks for exploring. Yeah. <laughs> we know there's got to be more. Um, and again, not disparaging right. what is, because I think there's a lot to keep building on in the evangelical church. And yeah, I am so thankful um, for that tradition. And how do we 
yeah, widen and deepen. Right. Can I say one thing? I, w- I was trying to explain this to my wife. Uh, like she was saying, why are you into all this liturgy stuff? And what, you know, and I was trying to explain. And, and, and finally she said, oh, well, so basically you just want to serve a well-balanced meal every Sunday. Mm. And I was like, that's exactly right. I've been serving one meal. Mm-hmm. A, and it's a great meal. I, I think the, the, the modern evangelical worship experience is a really great meal. But if you, I mean, no matter what the meal is, if you eat the same thing every meal, you're not gonna, going to be as healthy as you could. And so wow. trying to widen um, the servings, the different kinds of foods. And uh, so breaks down yeah. at a certain point. But That's yeah, good, yeah. man. The past uh, couple of months I've been leading worship at a church in Las Vegas. And I've been really intentional at trying to um, lead worship, not just play through songs, but really uh, lead. And so yeah. like incorporating yeah. scripture that actually has to do with what we're singing. And yeah. and every time after I've done that, use, use the word in it, like people come up afterwards and they're like, they don't even talk about the music. They don't talk about the yeah. songs. Yeah. They just say, yep. oh, the scripture you read, like it moved my heart or, you know, like, yep. I really do think there's there's power in the word of God and like incorporating that into music is so important because yep. I think it kind of brings everyone back to a tr- true north. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Grounding right. and um, yeah. I, I grew up in non-denominational church. My wife grew up Catholic. And okay. recently I actually, I've been attending this Catholic church, you know, for mass mm-hmm. and I love it. Like I'm, I like eat it up, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. I'm like, you know, doing all these weird hand motions to people. Like they're probably like, what's this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really good. So like, I'm still like, you know, in these non-denominational churches playing, you know, Hillsong, Bethel worship music, but I'm also like loving Catholic liturgy and taking communion. And even though I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to, but I did talk to the priest and he said, I can. (laughs) So no way. this guy oh, let that's me. that's great. So, yeah. I don't know. That's great. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, of course. Not, none of us know exactly what it's going to look like. But I am absolutely convinced the future is both and. Yeah. I don't think we're going to all become Catholic necessarily. But I don't think it's going to continue to become relentlessly non-denom and, and cooler and cooler. Yeah. I think there's some sort of both and yeah. that I think is really exciting. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the balanced meal. I think that's exactly, yeah. people need that. Yeah. So are you still leading worship? Would you call yourself a worship leader or like what's? Yeah, I okay. think at the at the core, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I think just, I think it's just who I am and I love it. I really enjoy it. Be back at Mars Hill next, next month and they are less kind of liturgically oriented. So just get to lead with a band and, and we'll, we'll sneak some practices in and, um, okay, but, but you still play like uh, worship songs, like as far as you know, Hillsong stuff, or yeah, okay, yeah. So at Mars, we'll probably do a few more. We'll widen that a little bit more. But hey, I'll tell you the uh, this summer, um, so will I. That Hillsong song, yeah, it's spectacular. When I heard that, yeah. I like couldn't even believe it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, so I never want to, yeah, swing the pendulum yep. the other way and then lose kind of the gifts of this tradition. So, right. Yeah. So you've been leading for a while. You've been musician uh, in churches yeah. for, a, for a long time. How, how do you think you've seen kind of the modern worship movement change or where, 
what do you think about where the church is at musically right now? Yeah. Well, it feels like musically it it keeps getting um well, this is good and bad. It keeps getting more excellent in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that's a double-edged sword, of course. But um I mean, there are some things that especially when I visit a, a big church, I'm like that singer is ridiculous. <laughs> they are so good or right. That drummer and bass player are couldn't be more locked in, or you know. So that's really, um, I think that's really cool. I don't think there's any downside to high quality. Um, there are times where s- that tips into feeling a little bit more like a show mm-hmm. than I than I wish it did. Um, there, there's a point where quality is inspiring and makes you want to stand and sing. And then there's a point where quality is really uh, distancing, hmm. and you're like, "Well, I can't do that, so I'll I'll just watch the pros." <laughs> and that's a fine line, right? And that is a really fine line. I don't think the answer is everything should just be crappy. Then you know, right? Because uh, then you hear people say, "Well, no, like if anybody should be doing amazing th- yeah. things really well, that Christians should be." Like, yeah, why why are we leaving that just for like? Yeah, that's right. So I guess the the question is, what is the quality? Is it, is it a quality of performance or is it a quality of inviting the community to participate? Hmm. Um, and again, the, these are really fine lines and, and sometimes it's really blurry. Um, right. But uh, I, one thing we started talking about at Mars Hill was how do we rehearse with a community-shaped hole in the arrangement? Wow. And we realize that without that, the community is unnecessary to the to what we're doing. Right. And then it's <laughs> just a not, performance. Yeah. Whether or not people show up, we're going to do the exact same thing and it's going to sound the exact same way. And like you'd never, if you're an accompanist, you would never play your accompaniment in a way that didn't matter if there was someone singing. <laughs> you know, no, you accompany with a hole around where the vocal is supposed to sit, you know? Yeah. But as worship bands, we were realizing we weren't creating any sort of space or hole. So so that gets back to the quality thing. I think that's a high quality question, but yeah. And it's so. almost harder. It actually almost is more of a skill to be able to play with quality, Yeah. but also be, figure out how do you incorporate people yeah. into that. That's really true. Like that's yep. almost like harder than just if you were just doing performance. Oh yeah. Two things about that. One <clears throat> is it it often changes the key. <laughs> um especially as guys. Oh, so yeah, um, practically speaking the key. Oh yeah. I haven't sung a key. I haven't sung a worship song in my own range in 20 years. The tenor range is not not right. best for corporate singing, even though that's how all the worship albums are recorded. Yeah, right. It's mostly dudes, you yeah. know. So we usually put everything in an alto range my philosophy yeah. is if our alto can sing it really comfortably then mo- the most people in the room so that's often like b c and d yeah the other thing about the quality is i forgot who said this many people have said this but talking about beginning players play simply mediocre players play real complicated and brilliant players play simply again <laughs> And yeah. there's something there where uh, once you get beyond uh, proving yourself, then you can just go back to serving the song. Mm. 
And that's kind of the quality that um, our little band uh, in in the Will Eras, we're always trying to get to. Can we get so good that we only, only, only play what is what is necessary? So wow, this this is very good good stuff, man. Right, cool, thanks. Are you are you still writing music? I am. Um, I actually just wrote something this weekend, but I have to admit, um, it's been a while, and I I think. In retrospect, I put all the creation energy into the practice. Yep. The liturgies, right? Yeah, yeah. The liturgies and just the, what is this thing? What are we making here? What is this community? And so um, I let the the just pure songwriting. Um, so I wrote a number of refrains and things for the community, but it's been a while since I've um really been focused on writing songs again but i re- i can't wait to get back that's in some ways that's kind of my first music love it's just yeah. the songwriting yeah yeah I need to be the one who performs it i love i love the the composition part right i can't wait to hear these new liturgies the new oh, new 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 liturgies the new, new. yeah yeah <laughs> what um we'll see what I, i'm curious what is there an album or a song that right now is really bringing you close to god that actually when you hear it like it really just moves you, like brings you into the presence of God. Yeah. Um, well, from a modern worship song, the So Will I, um, yeah. this last summer, I, there were a couple a couple days especially where I just listened to it and then just listened to it again and then just listened to it again. And uh, it was very moving. Yeah. Um, the other band that I keep finding myself going back to for, is, in terms of spiritual music is The Brilliance. Right. And they are. There is something, something kind of transcendent, something that takes it, takes me out of myself. Um, especially some of the early, um, real chamber music it was kind of piano, acoustic, and string quartet. Yep. Um, so I, I really, very often will find myself going back to the brilliance. They have a song. Oh, want to be your hands yeah. and feet. Hands and feet. Yep. Such a From good the first song. First album. So good. Yeah. There is yeah. just a real, just a realness to their lyrics. Yeah. Honestly. Yep. And talk about um, quality. Oh, yeah, right. They're maniacs. I mean, John Arndt, the pianist, right. is, he's out of his mind. It's, it's really inspiring. Very talented. So yeah. um, what about a book? Because I know you're, you're an avid reader, too. Yeah. What is a book that you would recommend any worship leader should read? Yes. And let's just say uh, one book. One book. One okay. book. I was going to I was going to mention a bunch. Okay. How about this? In terms of an introduction into how to incorporate um liturgy into a modern church uh uh context. Um my fl- my friend Glenn Packiam wrote a book Discovering the Mystery of Faith. And he actually did an album too called I think The Mystery of Faith. I have not read that. Yeah, and it's it's short it's really practical. Like he's brilliant, but it, he, it's, it was written as a, as a, um, as a person who does this. And so he's been a worship leader out at new life, that big Colorado Springs church. Yep. And then he moved to be the pastor of the Sunday night gathering in which he has brought, uh, more of the Anglican liturgy into that, but still very modern music. And so he's just living at that intersection. And I, I've often said, it's a great book for worship leaders who want to learn more about how to bring these practices in. Mm. 
And it's a great book for worship leaders to give their senior pastors <laughs> and say- So that they understand. Yeah. 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 So Glenn Packiam, P-A-C-K-I-A-M. That's great. I'm going to look yeah. that up. Yeah. Check and it out. So speaking of books, you have a new book that you're working on, or it's actually, it's already done, right? It's not out it's yet. Done. I, it's done. Any day I should get the final edits back. And wow. I don't think I am allowed to change anything at this point. So <laughs> I think it's officially yeah. done. And then it'll be out um, August 7th. It's called The Eternal so, Current. The Eternal Current, How a Practice-Based Faith Can Save Us from Drowning. Wow. And it starts with my story of kind of like my faith falling apart and then rediscovering this kingdom invitation. And then it tells the story of the practice and some of the things that we learned. And oh. I don't know, I lost objectivity like six months ago. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, some of the times I'm like, this is the greatest book ever written. Right. And then there's other times I'm like, this is the worst piece of garbage yep. ever written. I don't know. That sounds but like a I'm, creative yeah, that's right. Yeah. An entrepreneur. It's like very high highs, right. very low lows. Yep. yep. That's exactly right. So I'm oh, man. really excited for it to kind of get out in the wild and, yep. and hear if it's helpful. Well, so. we're going to have you back on again if you're willing to oh, talk love it. just about that book. Yeah, um, let's do it. When it comes out, you're, Aaron, seriously, man, you're like a wealth of knowledge that I think so many worship leaders can just, I mean, there's just so much that worship leaders could get out of your experience. Yeah, and for your perception too, like what you're seeing, and honestly, like when I've watched you lead worship too, you're such a you're such a talented, like humble worship leader, but like also a bold worship leader. Like you really are able to lead people into the presence of God and keep people out of themselves and yeah, focused on what matters. And I just I've always been really really encouraged by what you're doing. Oh, thanks for saying that. That's really kind. Yeah, thank you so much for pouring into. Uh, loop community because this stuff is yeah. all very very good and i think needs to yeah. be talked about and I'll, we could keep talking cool. probably for another hour i know i i'm really enjoying this conversation so but yeah let's definitely do it again this uh late spring or early summer and Love keep to. jumping into these we don't only have to talk about the book like we could ton of stuff we could talk about yeah so thanks for your time man blessings to you thank you brother Hey community, our feature producer for the month of April is Jason Pryor. Jason lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and is a worship leader at Whitewater Church. He plays piano, guitar, bass, drums, and trumpet. He loves to blend electronic and acoustic instruments in his tracks. Let's hear from him now. Hi, this is Jason Pryor. I'm a worship leader based in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been active in music ministry for over 20 years. In 2016, we started using the Prime application from Loop Community at my church to help fill out our sound and cover when we didn't have enough musicians. And I realized that there were some songs that were just really hard to find good stems for. So I started creating my own. Eventually, I applied to become a contributor, and now I've been a Loop Community producer for just over a year. I am Elsie. Thanks, Jason. Now let's hear the track Jason created for Unstoppable God by Elevation Worship.
This is Community Talk. Derek, what did you think about that interview? I thought it was awesome. Aaron's an awesome guy. Yeah, I loved it. I seriously could have kept going for another hour. For sure. So is, was there anything that really stood out to you that we talked about? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was he said serving a well-balanced meal to your congregation every week. Don't just serve the same meat and potatoes, although meat and potatoes are great. Right. And if you lead four pop songs and a hymn, that's great. But right. don't do it every week. Um, switch it up and give your congregation lots of different things. Scripture, prayer. You have 25-ish minutes a week and serve them a well-balanced 25-minute like worship music totally meal each week yeah i don't have a kid but i can imagine that when you're when you're raising a child and you're wanting them to grow healthy and nourished Mm -hmm. you don't just feed them popsicles (laughs) right like for every meal right or you don't just feed them cereal or just right you know salad even but you mix it up and uh give them a well balanced i love that too i thought that was so good yeah um and how that applies to yeah worship leading scripture and worship and message and the practices too communion yeah i thought that was right on it was interesting as i was thinking about that too of like how jesus modeled that for us as well yeah you know like he delivered a very well balanced example of you know living the christian life yeah and you know he sometimes he taught in parables sometimes he you know prayed sometimes he straight up showed a miracle you know for an example there yeah Sometimes he washed the feet of his disciples and sometimes he just talked with them. Sometimes he fed 5,000 people um, to show the love of God and to teach people. Right. It was all pointing back to the same thing, but just all different ways of doing it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's such a good example too for just worship leaders. Like, okay, as we're planning these services, like how are we giving our people a well-balanced meal? Right. A well-balanced service, not a worship set full of just fast dance songs. Right. Or not a worship set of just, you know, slow. Slow hymns. Quiet hymns. Right. Not just a pad and you reading scripture the whole time. Mm-hmm. And not just a service of just a whole message. Yeah. But how do you weave all of that together right? to deliver a well-balanced service? Yeah. It's like a journey. He talked about yeah. the journey you want to go on. Yeah. It's so awesome. And I think Aaron's doing a incredible job i've been to a few of the new liturgy uh practices he does Mm. and it really does feel like a well-balanced meal you walk away really feeling fed and uh it's pretty incredible and so i'm really excited to get his new book yeah me too when it comes out um if anybody is interested in checking out his music or his new book that's coming out or even probably finding a place to go visit one of his uh practices or having him come to your church, check out AaronNequist.com. You can get all the info there. Awesome. But as always, thanks for listening to the Community Podcast. Glad to have you guys. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review. We read every single one and care about every one of our community members. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. You still haven't subscribed yet? Go ahead and click that button. <laughs>